अखिल गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमद महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाय श्री श्री जाय चांद श्री सचिनंदन गोरहरी की जाय श्री गोपाल गोविंद राम की जाय गोर भक्तवृंद की जाय गोर morning to all for now welcome thanks so much for your presence and today in the morning we the plan is to share some thoughts about what we turn yesterday we spoke of guru tattva no today on gayatri tattva somehow <laughs> the truth about gayatri or, or, or discussing some truths some conclusions some ideas concerning some questions about Gayatri, in this case Mohini expressed some days back, so we thought it would be a good chance to try to delve deep into this particular direction, which is one of an important aspect of daily sadhana, those who have received Diksha, how to properly conceive and embrace the practice of this mantra dhyan or meditation in, in the different lines given by Sri Guru and with all their implications and so on. So I don't know if you have the questions or you want me to read them, you send them to me, but you will prefer to present them yourself or um, I have them here, whatever is more practical for you. I, I don't mind, what do you prefer? <laughs> no. If you remember them, if not I can read them here. Um, well the first one was Guru Mantra and then yeah, Guru Gayatri and Kam Gayatri. Uh -huh, yeah. So you can yeah, cool. So yeah, the first question was regarding this uh, one particular word in the Guru Gayatri, this uh, Krishna Nandaya. That mm -hmm. um, when I, I read this uh, Sri Gayatri Mantra Deepika mm. book, that I got um, you know some understanding from that. But um, I just would like you to just clarify that further the, the meanings of this word and how how to understand it when we're chanting um, mm -hmm. and then the second question is regarding the uh, let's go with the okay. first one no. then we'll go okay. to the second one so <clears throat> so the first one i think the ones connected have heard but has to do with the meaning of or meanings of the term krishnanandaya in in, in the second part, if you will, of, of the Guru Gayatri, which generally are divided all these Gayatri, Gayatri lines, Gayatris. You know, the Gayatri in itself has this particular structure. I mean, Gayatri is a particular meter, Vedic meter, which, and, and the mantras are divided in, in particular structures that mostly represent Sambandha, Videya and Prayojan, and which are indicated by the word Vidmahe, hmm? Dimahi, Prachodayat. Generally, there are some exceptions like Brahma Gayatri. We'll have that division, but we'll use some other words in some cases. So, <clears throat> so as the term, the, 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 the question then is what's the meaning of Krishna Anandaya? Hmm? Krishna Anandaya, Dimahi. I will mention the whole lines completely because maybe some of you are, have not received Diksha. So. Generally, these mantras are not to be shared like publicly. If you will, although 
even if you happen to, I mean, you can Google and for sure you will find all of them. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's all about receiving the, the sound from the lips of the realized sadhu. So even if you Google and you get all, the, all those mantras and more, and you start chanting them, it's not, it's, it's not the same as receiving the conception and the seed and the, and the content of the sound from the heart and lips of the Triguru. So, but nonetheless, we will explain some of the words. But generally, what is being done is the, the Bija mantra, the very first word of each line is not mentioned. So, somehow you're like uh, not mentioning the full mantra publicly somehow. I don't know. So, Guru Devaya Bitmahi, no Guru So, this is the division of the Guru Gayatri. First, of course, is Guru Mantra. So, Guru Gayatri first say, I, I will go to the Krishnanandaya, but for that we have to go first to the first part with the Bitmahi. Guru Devaya Bitmahi means you have to know, to know, know Sri Guru. May you know Sri Guru. So, that has to do with Sambandha conceptual orientation as how Guru Maharaj used to put you know, have to know I mean you have to to grasp the ontology of as we were speaking yesterday I mean yesterday we spoke not of course so many more things could be said but we have to share some ideas of what's the Guru what's the Guru principle what's Guru Tattwa how Guru is one and many at the same time how Guru is Krishna and the devotee of Krishna at the same time how it's a complex tattva is the most complex tattva I would say along with Shiva tattva not Jiva tattva but Shiva tattva Mahadev Gopi Shiva tattva that, that's complex also it's not like this black and white if you will consideration it's like this and this and this and this and this at the same time so Guru tattva is, is, is complex in that connection as well so all this has to do with Getting the proper sambanda, Guru Devaya with Mahi, know your Guru. No, know your Guru doesn't necessarily mean like being familiar with the relativity of his whatever. Yeah, I know he likes uh, pakoras and, and this. I know I know his tastes on, on a relative level, but there are so many much more things to know, and and, and that goes beyond the the personality of the Guru. Of course, that's on another level as well. Who is he? In the Leela, let's say, who is he in his ultimate sense of self in this in Braj? But so, on one end of the spectrum, you may have, yeah, I know him in relative terms. He's born in this country, this is his secular name, he likes his food, and it's okay. I mean, I'm not against that. <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, you have you have darshan and realization of who, who she he is in the Leela. And in between the two, I will say, it's this idea of getting proper Sambanda and Siddhanta on, on Guru Tattva, which is really important. So, so Guru Devaya Bidmahe means basically take the time to go through all the complexity of understanding Guru Tattva, which won't be that easy. No? Don't be lazy in that sense, as Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami will say, Siddhanta Valiyachit Nagara Alas. Try to dedicate time for studying Siddhanta Nakara Allah means do not be lazy. He's saying that. <laughs> I mean if he's saying that is because he knows we are lazy. <laughs> if not there is no need to clarify do not be lazy. So 
I know you are, so please, <laughs> no? try to be empowered by my order, he says, and try to consider Siddhanta, try to entertain all the, try to, to, to grasp the necessity of Siddhanta, which is another word of saying for Sambanda, no? because without Sambanda, your Abhideya will be lacking, basically. I mean, your Abhideya is the natural result of the particular Sambanda you have received. So Abhideya means I, I, I act, I engage in a particular practice, but my practice will be guided by a particular knowledge. So if the knowledge is faulty, the practice will be affected by that, or is incomplete, or is partial. So that's why it's so important to have proper Tattva, and Siddhanta, and Sambanda, in this case about Guru. So Guru Devaya Vidmahe means this. Now try to take the necessary time to understand what Guru is about in every sense of the term. And then Krishnanandaya Dimahi. As, as much as you do so, you will be able to enter Abhideya, which is characterized by this second part, Dimahi. Dimahi means meditate. All is in the plural, all these Gayatris are in the plural, like in, in a global invitation. Let's meditate, let's know, let's this. Like also emphasizing this point, uh, especially for us as Kodias, our main sadhana is Sankirtan. And Sankirtan is a collective effort, if you will. <laughs> in other words, it's a practice in, in which I need the other person, <laughs> interestingly. As we were joking, in, I think in Bulgaria, making a play of words. I mean, you have Sankirtan and you have some. Samkirtan. <laughs> but we want to engage in Harinam Sankirtan, not Harinam Samkirtan. No? In the sense of, I mean, with this I do, do not want to like crit criticize other forms of Kirtan, but you can do Kirtan by yourself. You can pick a pair of cartels and do Kirtan, and that's Kirtan. That's Samkirtan, some, some <laughs> if you mean. And that's great, I'm not against that. But Sankirtan implies I need, I need all of you for that to happen. I need you, you need me, if, if you will. I, we, are, we need each other for engaging in Sankirtan. So that speaks about how much our process depends on, on Sangha in this case. No? It's, it's not about, it's individual. Of course, there is an individual side to <coughs> our sadhana, but there is a, a collective group side as well. So the two have to combinate together. So that's why this also Gayatri speak in, in, in collective terms, in plural tense. So, Krishnanandaya <coughs> Dimahi means, uh, means meditate and Krishna Anandaya. Hmm? Krishna Ananda. Let's meditate on the Krishna Ananda of Sri Guru, basically. No? Krishna Ananda means the bliss he derives in connection to Krishna, basically. No? I mean, which may be redundant in one sense, in the sense that if Sri Guru is Sri Guru, his bliss will be derived. In connection to Krishna, there is no other sense of bliss, basically. No? <laughs> there, are, there are many types of bliss described in Shastra, or so-called bliss, no? like Brahmananda, Atmananda, even sarcastically I will say Shastra, I will say Martyananda, <laughs> no? the bliss of the death, of the death, of the of the plane, of the platform of dead stuff, no? like bliss of so-called bliss, that's the idea. Oh, Jadananda. Jada means inert. So, you want to experience Jadananda, the bliss of the inert. 
And I said, like, mm, how much bliss is there? Well, <laughs> like implying, it seems all bliss is there, but non bliss is there eventually. No? But somehow we are sometimes running after that so-called bliss. No? But actually, eventually, the ultimate type of bliss, of course, has to do with, for us, with bhakti, bhakti ananda, swarup shakti ananda. So this has to do with Krishna Nanda here. So the question is, okay, so what does this mean? Because how do I meditate in the bliss that my guru experiences in relation to Krishna? And the, the, so many things may come to mind. And we don't want to just create our own version of how to do that. No, we want to do that properly, basically. <laughs> so... Uh, Generally, yeah, the general stance in this connection to begin with, something that we'll be saying to this effect is there is a twofold uh, understanding of Krishna and Dayadimahi, how to meditate in Srila Gurudev's bliss in connection to Krishna, and that has to do with Sri Guru as, as a Sadaka and Sri Guru as a Sita. Hmm? Or in other words, Sri Guru as in Gaur Lila and Sri Guru in Krishna Lila. Of course, Sri Guru in Gorlila is also Siddha. No? Sometimes the term may be tricky because we say, okay, Siddha, Deha, or perfected body, and we conceive Vrindavan only. And later today we will speak about the other thing. No? But there is Gorlila also as a second opportunity. <laughs> and, the guru, and there everyone will be a sadhaka in the sense of everyone will behave as a practitioner, but there will be perfected sadhakas. So it's a tricky term because generally sadhaka has to do with someone who is not yet a siddha. But in this case, in Gaur Lila, in the case of Guru, is he's a sadha, he's a siddha acting as a sadhaka, acting as a practitioner, but in the realm of perfection. Everyone in, in Nityanavadu will act like that. Mahaprabhu himself is Krishna as a perfected sadhaka, if you will, <laughs> as a devotee, but not only as a devotee, no? like struggling with pros, uh, ups and downs. No, no, it's not that type of devotees. No, in Nityanavati, if everyone sings half a syllable of Mahamantra, and everyone you know, collapses into the ground. So that those are the type of sadhaka that we will find. <laughs> so, so regarding Sri Guru, and of course, when I, when I say regarding Sri Guru, so I, I have to, of course, clarify something. I didn't mention that yesterday. I, I may, maybe I should, but whatever. It was too long class. Or <laughs> that not necessarily always the Guru is a Siddha. There are levels of Gurus. It's not that every Guru is a, a Siddha or a Nitya Siddha, what to speak. Because sometimes this idea is there also. No? You should always see the Guru as Nitya Siddha. Nitya Siddha means eternally liberated, eternally perfected soul that basically is descending from the Lila to deliver conditions. So with this I'm not saying that never that happens. It may happen, but that's not generally the case because the Nitya Siddha, another word for Nitya Siddha is Nitya Parikars or eternal associates of Bhagavan. And it is saying Shastra that whenever Bhagavan is descending to perform his Lila, his associates go with him. So the point is, if a guru is coming here without the, the uh, without the Bhagavan descending here and being part of his entourage, he's kind of separated from the from the crew, if you will. <laughs> so generally, that's not the case. And also, it's important. Sorry if I go for a minute in this direction, but I think it's an important point. 
Sometimes there is a whole unconscious emotional necessity of my guru has to be an itasida, my guru has to be perfect, my guru has to be the highest of the highest. Why? <laughs> my guru can never be mistaken. Why? <laughs> no. I think an important part of having a guru is even learning when the guru is mistaken. Because in one point is maybe... I mean, when it's again, I'm not saying there may be not perfected gurus. They are for sure. But sometimes the guru may not be a siddha, may be mistaken in something. And we can learn from how that person reacts exemplarily in when that he or she is mistaken. Do you follow my point? Because that's part of our life. I mean, we generally commit mistakes and we try to learn from that. What if our guru never commits any mistake? <laughs> We cannot learn from from that ba crucial part of learning, which is learning from your mistakes and show an example of how to react when you're mistaken. If nothing of that is present in the Guru, there's a big part that we need to know how to deal with that, how to learn ourselves from our own mistakes. So it's not that human, at least for me, it doesn't sound too human. It's like very much like forced transcendence. Like he's transcendental, he's never mistaken, he just needs to see that. And if you say otherwise, you are an offender and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, not necessarily. Of course, on another side, we have like great personalities like Trila Siddhar Maharaj saying, you should always see the Guru as Nitya Siddha. <clears throat> but that's not the only thing he said. <laughs> Maybe in the same discourse, discourse or Samadha, he said, Guru may be Uttam Bhakta or Guru may be Madhyam Bhakta, Madhyam Adhikari. Ideally, but it should not be Kanishta Dikari because it's it's too much for a Kanishta Dikari to act in the capacity of Guru. He won't be able he she won't be able to sustain all that it is expected from a guru. But a Mahadhyam Bhakta can can operate as guru by having connection ideally with a with higher quarters as well, with Uttam Bhakta and so on. So the point is on one side he's saying Guru is Nitasita. And another say he's saying guru can be a Madhya Madhikari. But if you are a Madhya Madhikari, you are not Nita Siddha. <laughs> I mean, Nita Siddha is Nita Siddha. I mean, you are forever Uttam Bhakta, Uttam Bhagavat. You follow my point? So it seems like contradictory, like how to harmonize that. So the point is, when he says guru is to be seen as Nita Siddha, means the guru is, <clears throat> again, he's an individual with a particular standing. But at the same time here, she's representing an agency <clears throat> which is Nitya Siddha. Nitya Siddha, Krishna Prem, Sadhya Kavunai, Shravanad, Sudhachit Karayudai. <laughs> and that verse does not speak about inherent Prem, just in case. <laughs> so Nitya Siddha means the eternally perfected realm. So the Guru, even though he's not, he, he may not be Nitya Siddha, is acting on behalf of that agency in the context of Parampara. So if the Guru is totally sincere, as Sila Prabhupada will say, transparent, how do you say? Transparent medium, medium. medium. by a medium. Sometimes the Nitya Siddha principle, if you will, will express through him, through her, even though he himself is not Nitya Siddha, but the Nitya Siddha plane will express itself to that person because that person is sincerely acting as a channel. Hmm. 
and, and some things that are above his his own present level of qualification may flow through that person because of their his her disposition for that to happen. So in that sense, we are to see the guru's nitesida. He is representing the nitesida agency, and if that person is surrendered and sincere, that nitesida ness, if you will, <laughs> will will reach us, even though the person may be in another level. Do you follow my point? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, the gurus always need to see that. Because if not, we have seen sometimes with certain gurus, some problems have been there. So if the person is in need to see that, how to, I mean, you cannot force yourself to, okay, he's still need to see that no matter all the nonsense he's doing on the other, it's a need to see, it's a lila, some lila is there, and need to see the need to, I mean, you will, your head will explode at some point. No? So you have to understand, mm, maybe not need to see that. Uh, now, the Guru may be a Sadhana Siddha, someone who attains perfection by practice. And again, f- between Nitya Siddha and Sadhana Siddha, there shouldn't be a, a, competi- a competition or a problem. It's not that, oh, Sadhana Siddha is lower than Nitya Siddha. If we think like this, it's more our ego of wanting to feel, my Guru is Nitya Siddha. No, my Guru is the best of the best. And by extension, I am the best. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate converging point. I really don't care about even my Guru. I care about having... I need to see the guru to show to the world that I am, I am what I don't know. I'm totally puffed up. That's what I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but Prabhupada said that. No, someone asked, "What's higher, need to see or sadhana siddha?" And he said, "The important word there is siddha." He said, <laughs> "I mean, need to see the siddha." We, we and if, but the point is, that even some gurus may not be siddhas. Maybe sadhakas. I mean, if you are Madhyam Bhakta, you are not a siddha. You are a sadhaka. And again, that shouldn't be a problem if that's the case. For some devotees, that may be the most necessary type of connection at the time. And it's not stopping them in any way from progressing towards the ultimate goal. So we shouldn't enter into this like mental plane. Like I, Because sometimes I've heard devotees with this idea. Not only your guru has to be the topmost Uttamaha Bhagavad Rasik Vaishnava person on planet Earth. And you should be initiated with that highest person. And subtly is basically saying... All the, the whole world should be initiated with that single highest personality in the world, which sounds quite like elitist and, and narrow-minded, <laughs> unrealistic. No, it's not, that that won't happen. So, so I want to make that point because again, we are we are told to meditate on the guru in these twofold ways, as Krishna Nanda Mahi. The Ananda he derives as a sadaka in, in his. Um, yeah, his practices in, in the context of Gorlila, let's say, as we know most, no? because we are now in Gorlila somehow, in an extension of Gorlila, as Sarakas. We are doing all the things that we will be doing eternally in, in Nityanavad, because we will speak today later. No? So that's one side of the coin. And the other side, of course, of course is meditate on the Guru's uh, identity in Krishna Lila, which again, not necessarily in every single case all the gurus will be having full standing there. Silasir Maharaj will give also this example sometimes. He will say there are different types of gurus. Some of them have their two feet there, but are extending their their arms here. Some others have one feet there and one feet here. And they're like... (laughs) And some others have the two feet here, but their eyes are there. So like in playing there varieties and degrees and possibilities but there shouldn't be a problem with any of those cases so so maybe in, in some cases a, a guru may not 
not be a prem bhakta, a bhava bhakta even, a siddha. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that he or she doesn't have a, at least certain affinity in, in terms of Krishna Lila, which generally will become our affinity in, in Krishna Lila. Because again, again, I don't want to pound of that post, but the soul doesn't have an inherent affinity for <laughs> for Bhagavan in, in inherent ways. So that's something we receive according to the association we have. So generally, the most prominent guru figure in our life, his her affinity will be our affinity. Unless we are practicing from previous lifetimes and, and we have already received very strong bhakti scars, and in this lifetime you may find, you may take shelter of a particular guru, but you have already some affinity in, in another direction, and it shouldn't be a problem. Famous example in this connection is no other, none other than Srila Prabhupada himself, who, who he himself described himself as a, as a sadhana siddha, practicing from previous lifetimes, and in this lifetime, appearing as Srila Prabhupada as we know him, and taking initiation from Srila Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and it is now well known that Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta was having had an affinity towards uh, Madhurya Rasa, Manjari Bhav, and it is quite well known, although maybe not everyone will agree with this, <laughs> it's another point of contention, that Srila Prabhupada had an affinity towards Sakya Bhav, Sakya Rasa, Priyanarma Sakya Bhav, and again, that's that's not a problem. You know, it's not like, oh, my guru has a different affinity. What will I do? My, I mean, if you really have an affinity, no, there's no problem. <laughs> Your affinity will drive you in the proper direction and you will be nourished by each card. You know? so, <clears throat> so, how to meditate? Again, there are these two sides, Sadaka and Siddha. No? Srila Rupa Goswami himself, when he describes, establishes the the parameters for, for Raganuga Bhakti, one of the main verses he says, Siva Sadaka Rupina Siddha Rupina Chatrahi Tadbhava Lipsuna Karyat Brajaloka Nusataraha. So Raganuga Bhakti is about serving in your Sadaka Rupa and your Siddha Rupa. It has these two twofold aspects. No? So as a sadaka, which is connected, as we mentioned, with Gaur Lila and a particular identity of service there, Siva Sadaka Rupena. Siva, the word Siva is putting everything else in context. All these identities are Siva identities. And Sita Rupena, which is a way of speaking your identity in Krishna Lila. Tadbhava Lipshunakarya Brajalokanusatara, because Raganuga Bhakti is about Brajalokanusatara. Anusatara means sorry, to follow in the footsteps of the Brajalok, of the people of Vrindavan. And we will see how an extension of that is Navadvip, Nitya Navadvip, which is non different from Vrindavan, while different at the same time. So, Krishnanandaya Dimahi, on one side we have, uh, let's go first to the Siddha side, if you will, to the Braja. Identities, Sri Guru may have a particular affinity, and of course, not necessarily every disciple knows that. So, that side of the meditation is not necessarily present everywhere, always, because for whatever reason, the Guru may not have revealed that, or it has not been revealed to the disciple, because the fact that the Guru has not spoken about that doesn't mean that the disciple doesn't know about that. Because the idea is, 
the more you become a disciple, the more you get to Guru Devaya Bidmahe, to know your Guru. Know your Guru means even to one point understanding who he is, she is in terms of his spiritual identity in Vrindavan. Those things will start to 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 unfold in front of your your inner eye as the more you advance because the more you know who you are, the more you know who others are even. No, you, you start to develop this like eye to perceive affinity and so and so on. So but if the guru has shared some glimpses about his her affinity, so one can have a meditation on that accordingly, proportionately to one's capacity also. Now one should not also like try to force a meditation that one is not like able to, but that can be on, on a generic way. Let's say you know your guru has an affinity towards whatever, Madhurya Bhav, Sakya Bhav. So you know that. So when you recite the mantra, you know where your guru is, which is his aspiration, his in general terms, you may know the full details of his seva, his name, and his whatever, the daily dynamics <laughs> there. But you have some beginning point to to focus your your meditation. And, and of course, the meditation is a, a type of, of attracting grace process, if you will. So gradually, the very chanting of the Guru Gayatri is to, 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 to draw us closer to that reality in which we are trying to meditate. <laughs> Actually, the idea of dimahi of meditation for us, Gaudias, meditation is just not. It's not only like okay, I will sit and meditate. Of course, that's also there. But also for us, meditation another form of understanding dimahi is like seva, basically abideya. Remember, this second part of the mantra is abideya. So abideya for us is also bhakti, and bhakti takes, of course, many forms, ravan kirtan, and so on. But also, it implies to culture the, the desire for service hmm? Guru in, serving Sri Guru in those particular realms hmm? and of course we will see Tanoguru Prachodayat the, the last part which represents Prayojan says may Sri Guru inspire us Prachodayat means enthuse enthuse us, inspire us inspire us for what? for the, sec the last, the previous part of the verse <laughs> For doing the other part eternally. And that's why it's prayojan. Prayojan means my goal to attain. Which is my goal to attain? Krishnanandaya Dimahi. Forever. <laughs> because again, bhakti is the means and bhakti is the goal. It's not that I'm doing something now in relation to my guru and when I reach the goal, I will be doing something different. No. The idea is I will be doing the same thing in a maximized way. So that that's the generosity of bhakti that you are doing something now now we have the opportunity of, of doing those things that we will be doing for eternity now we are singing hearing serving doing so many things but the idea is that in eternity we will be doing the same things but of course with love with pure love basically that's that's the whole difference but apart from that we are doing the same thing it's not that we are doing all the things so Someday we reach there and we have we have we, we can take a rest from oh, all this chanting and third, oh my god. And I got my, my favorite cloud and I just cloud up down up down and uh, rest for eternity there. You know? Rest in peace that they say. No no it's not like that. In other past it's like that. That's an interesting thing, no? I mean, you know, in karma they are doing all these rituals and I'm and, 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 and 
sacrifices and, and austerities even and worshiping all these different gods but the goal of them is like someday I will have to stop all this stuff and I will go to Swarga and enjoy all these heavenly delights for almost forever if you will. you follow so they are engaging in something but their idea is not I, I love this for eternity I'm doing all this only so I can obtain no, my place with the Apsaras and, and so on <laughs> And in, in Gyan is similar. I engage in Gyan in all different limbs of Gyan, so I, someday I re reject all that and merge into Brahman. But in Bhakti it's totally different. Bhakti say I engage in that, so eventually I can engage in that in a more comprehensive way, and so on, and so forth forever. Like someone asked Srila Prabhupada, what's your goal of chanting Hare Krishna? He said that you will be able to chant more Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> So that shows the superiority of bhakti. It's not that by doing bhakti you will obtain something above bhakti. There's nothing above bhakti. <laughs> so the only result of bhakti will be bhakti. That's what the Bhagavatam mentions in clearly. Bhaktiya sanjataya bhaktiya. It says it means it can mean two things. Bhakti comes from bhakti and bhakti goes towards bhakti, basically. So bhakti takes you to bhakti, and that bhakti takes you to bhakti, and that bhakti takes you to... I mean, bhakti comes from bhakti. Bhakti goes towards bhakti. That's, that's our idea. So on one side we have this, this, uh, this notion. No? We can, as much as we can, as much as we have received that information or transformation, meditate on, on how... which is a particular type of ananda that Sri Guru feels in connection to Krishna, which speaks about what's his relationship with Krishna in Golok Vrindavan, let's say. If he's steeped in Sakyabhav, there will be a type of ananda derived from that particular approach to Krishna as a friend. So that, that has to do with that. First we have to, again, Guru Devaya Bidmahe. First you have to know your Guru. <laughs> and only when you know you, as much as you know your Guru, you can meditate or serve him in the context of who he is in relation to Krishna. So again, on one side we have who he is, in, in the Lila, in Golok, and so on. And the other part, which is the most immediate and accessible for every sadhak, is you, you meditate on who, he, who on the ananda of your guru in connection to Krishna as a sadhaka, here, now, and serve him. So, how to do that? Of course, as we will mention later today, in connection to his sadhaka deha and in connection to Sriman Mahaprabhu, in connection to Krishna and Vrindavan, we may not know, if you will, what's this relationship between Guru and Krishna and Vrindavan. We may not know in some cases. And in connection to Mahaprabhu, we know, because every one of us is destined to have the same type of relationship with Mahaprabhu in the Nitya Lila, according to our tradition, which is Dasya, Dasya Bhavan, with some tinge of Sakya, which is similar to the type of relationship we are to have with our Guru. The relation with Sri Guru is in terms of Dasya, but a type of Dasya that is like mixed with Sakya, with some Bish, I should say yesterday, Bishrambena Guru Seva, some confidence is there. So we, we can meditate <coughs> in these terms in connection to Sri Guru. But again, Dimahi doesn't mean I meditate about, I doesn't only mean I meditate about how my Guru Dev is serving Mahaprabhu or how my Guru Dev is serving his own Guru Dev, but also how. I am to serve him in the here and now as a sadhaka on planet earth, if you will. <laughs> so
So how to engage all my faculties in connection to the to the Ananda he is experiencing. This is the main point, and, and I will make a point that my Guru Maharaj mentioned some time back in this connection. Krishnanandaya Dimahi actually means on one side you have Krishnanandaya, what he, what Sri Guru is feeling, his Ananda, her, her Ananda, what what creates that allow us allows us to serve that in a particular way. Dimahi. Dimahi is for us. How to serve Sri Guru Sananda. So once my Guru Maharaj was explaining one verse by by Srila Rupa Goswami, very nice verse who appears, which appears in the Vidakta Madhava, if I'm not mistaken, or Lalita Madhava, I think Vidakta Madhava, which is mentioned, quoted by Purnamasi there. And it's a very well-known verse, which uh, I will say it could be considered like the most important verse in, in all for all, for us Gaudias in connection to the Sri Nam. So the verse goes something like this, and that will be in connection to the idea of Gurudevaya Vidmahe. Tundi tanda vinira timbitanute tundavali labdhaye karna krodha kadambini gathayate karnar budhe vyaspriham Chitta prangana sangini vijayate sarvendriyanam kritim no jane janita kiyat viramritai krishneti varnam doi. So, it's a famous verse now that you hear the translation, I'm sure you will know it. Sila Rupa Goswami says, I don't know how much nectar is this contained in these two syllables, Krishna. I cannot tell. When that sound enters our ears, we desire to have millions of ears. And when Srinam touches the tip of our tongue, it creates a whole revolution and we desire to have millions of tongues. And when it enters the, the, the courtyard of our mind, it conquers and paralyzes all the activities of the senses. So, no jani janita How much nectar is this in these two syllables? So, my Guru Maharaj will quote this verse, important, famous one, and say, not the person who is singing Srinam and finding a taste in Srinam, this is the result. This verse is showing what happened to someone who really has a taste for Srinam, who is not different from Krishna. So, try to connect all the things. Someone who finds taste in Srinam is someone who is experiencing Krishna Ananda. So the Guru is that person. When he takes Nam, Krishnananda comes and creates this desperate condition, basically. Srila Gurudev will say, the Guru is a desperate person. <laughs> He's a, per a very needy person. He's in need of so much help. Why? Because he's sing singing Hare Krishna and, and his tongue feels only one tongue cannot do justice to the nectar of the name. I need millions of tongues. So enters into some sort of Desperation and two only two years. Why the Creator has been so cruel and only given us two years to probably host these unending currents of ambrosia descending on us? So I need millions of years. So the Guru is desperate in that condition, transcendentally desperate. No, no not the type of desperation we may know as conditions. <laughs> so the Guru will ask his her disciples, 
give me your tongues, give me your ears, please, as extensions of mine, help me. In, in this, I'm, I'm drowning in an ocean of nectar. I'm desperate. Krishna is also desperate. Guru is also desperate, therefore. And we as disciples are to serve Him by lending our ears. That's what Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta used to say to His disciples. I'm not asking anything from you. Nothing. Only one thing. Give me your ears. <laughs> he knew what to ask for. <laughs> no. Give me your ears. And He knew through that whole the whole system will collapse eventually. <laughs> Everything else, every other corner will be reached. So similarly, no? so, so Guru, Guru Maharaj will say this idea, no? of, of, no? the disciples give their senses, that's what means to engage in sadhana. That was, therefore, that's what it means to be a sadhaka. Sadhaka is someone who engages in sadhana, and sadhana means kriti sadhya bhavi sadhya prakatyam hridi sadhyati. No, kriti sadhya bhavet sadhya bhavasa sadhana vida. Tyasidasya bhavasya prakatya maridhi sadhyate. So sadhana bhakti means to engage our senses for the pleasure of the Lord of the senses. Hrishikena, hrishikesh, sivanam bhakti ruchati. So to, to give our senses to Sri Guru and let, let our senses, all of our holes, if you will, all the holes of our body, if you will, to be that. He may pour on us, pour, you say, on us, harikata, and, and, and drown ourselves, and, but extend, give our senses so, as extensions of His own senses and serve Him, help Him in His desperate condition. So Guru, Guru Maharaj will say, that's Krishnanandaya Dimahi. No? <laughs> because again, Dimahi is not only I meditate in how my Guru is having pleasure, but I serve Him. Uh, regarding the consequences of that Krishnananda. Now, he has so much Krishnananda that's overflowing him and he starts to ask for help. And there we are there for, how can I serve you, Guru Maharaj? Dimahi. So he will say, give me your ears, give me your tongue, give me, your, give, me, give me all your senses. And he will extend his own experience and that's how we will connect with the Parampara, basically. That's what it means to be part of this descending current. So that's some words regarding this notion of Krishnanandaya Dimahi. And again, therefore, that's something so desirable that we will end up saying, Tanno Guru Prachodayat. May we be inspired to continue in this type of engagement, as Sumati will say, for the rest of forever. No? <laughs> because that's so relishable, so desirable, that I would like to, to continue in that, in, in that dynamic forever. Both, again, in Krishna Lila and in Nitya, now the Nitya Gorlila. So, some ideas, I hope that helps. Some question in connection to that? Yeah, it was just, is that like similar to when Lord Titania was explaining that he's like the gardener and he's got so many fruits, but there's mm. only, only Asking himself, help. so he needs to give the fruits out. So mm -hmm. Is that like, is that? Yeah, yeah that, that's also a very fit comparison because he himself is asking help for not only for distributing, but for relishing also, no? because it's so much, it's overwhelming for Bhagavan himself. <laughs> so again, it's, it's a very unique tradition we belong to, because we are presented with this idea of an overwhelmed God. No? He's so much overwhelmed, and he's asking, but all that overwhelming is in the context of of prayer, of, of, of relishing, of celebrating, so he's asking for help, and that's a, the divine arrangement, so we have some service opportunity in that connection. So yeah, yeah that's a very good 
thank you for sharing that. Uh, well, he's, I imagine you know what he's talking about, you know, Nishim Habala, about this analogy of the of the vine and the and, and the storehouse of the fruit of love of God, which again, th- that's an important section. <laughs> I cannot avoid going there. <laughs> an important section which shows how Prem is not inherent. You know, because <laughs> Mahaprabhu is saying, I'm I'm breaking all this storehouse of love and giving that to the whole world. So if if, if you already have something there, so how that idea applies? You know, I mean, he's opening that and giving that to any everyone and ev- anyone and everyone. There's one verse in Chaitanya Chaitanya. So he's giving that to anyone and everyone. So what if you already have some hardwired Rambhakti there and you say, I already have something here. I say. <laughs> <laughs> So that's another thing, not another point, but yeah, yeah, basically, that's the idea, no? Mahaprabhu is asking our help, and therefore, in, in the same mood, in Gaur Lila mood, Sri Guru, in this context of Gaur Lila, he's asking our help. So, so much help is being asked for from us. I mean, we are no nobody in one sense, <laughs> but at the same time, we are being asked for that help. We have some service opportunity, so we should feel ourselves totally blessed to, to, to do so and, and, and as we spoke I think in the, in the, lect- in the lecture of, on, on Gadadhar Pandit's appearances some months ago um, the more Bhagavan is in a needy situation needy situation the more service opportunity we have the more Bhagavan presents himself overtly as Atmaram self-satisfied the less service opportunity we have you follow my point because there's not too much necessity there. <laughs> you go to Baikuntha and there is Bhagavan Narayan and he's Atmaram overtly. He's self-satisfied. He's God. Everyone knows that there. <laughs> so they will serve him, but not because they feel he's in need. Because, But they will serve him because he's God. And he is to be served because he's God. So they are serving out of duty, not out of need. And out of need from God. But when you go to Vrindavan or to Navadvip, <laughs> like to Vrindavan to begin with, Krishna is so needy. That's what Nanda Maharaj said to Uda. When Uda went to Vrindavan, I was saying, <laughs> was saying to Nanda Maharaj, trying to console them, you are so fortunate that you have Batsalya Bab, for he who is the supreme soul of everyone and God and the soul, blah, 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 blah. And Nanda Maharaj looked at him like, I thought you were an intelligent person, Uda. <laughs> I heard about that. I heard that you were just a great sage, but now I'm proving that you are just a fool. You think that my Krishna, my Lala is Bhagavan? I mean, that's like nonsense. God? I know God. I know how God is Narayan. He's Shanti Purusha, the personification of peace, self satisfied. And I know Krishna, he, he has so many needs. <laughs> so many. Every single day, if I'm not pampering, pampering him, he starts to cry. He's trying to steal all the sweets from my pockets every single moment. He lies. He steals. He, he doesn't know his playboy side. No? So on top of that. So, <laughs> so the point is, you have to ask to the gopis about that. No, is Krishna needy or not? The gopis say, "Oh, he's so needy, <laughs> so needy." And we live only live to satisfy his needs. So he's such a lusty boy. Now, of course, it's not the last as we know it here, but how it takes place in the lila. So my point is, in, in Golok, we will find God is so overwhelmed by Swarup Shakti that he doesn't appear as God overtly, but fully in the dynamics of 
the necessities that come as a result of prayer. It's not a necessity, as we said the other day, the other day a necessity out of emptiness, but a necessity out of fullness. Because you are full, you celebrate your fullness, and that takes the form of lila. <laughs> and there's so many needs there, so many necessities, and we have the opportunity of rendering some services there forever. And what to speak from there, we go to Gore Lila, where Krishna is m much more in need than in Krishna Lila. Because in, in Gore Lila, he wants to taste Radhavav, and that's a great, it's a big necessity, powerful necessity. So, how much service we can render to Mahaprabhu there? And what to speak to Radha in Gore Lila, Skadadar Pandit giving himself so Mahaprabhu can taste her experience so much. In, oh, that's another <laughs> <laughs> So, the point is. <laughs> Yeah, they are desperate, so we we have the chance of rendering some seva there, and that should be our our dimahi and our prachodayat, our meditation, our daily engagement, or meditate how we would like to engage there. And prachodayat means may may we be blessed for for being be part of that for eternity. Basically, that's our prayojan, our goal. So, first question. <laughs> I extended a little bit more than than expected. It used to happen, sorry. <laughs> but there's a second question on, on Kam Gayatri, right? You want to present that? Um, so, the first part of the question is how the Kam Gayatri kind of corresponds with the um, Gopal uh, mantra in terms of the um, Samdanda Abhidaya and Prayogen, like mm -hmm. how these, the three parts correspond. Mm -hmm. And um, also, uh, as I say, when I read that book, there was an essay in it on the Kam Gayatri, I think by Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, mm -hmm. and it, in explaining it, um, naturally, it seemed very much from Madhurya um, viewpoint, and understandably, you know, because mm -hmm. of the nature of the names. So I want to, like, for, in terms of, uh, someone who, like you were speaking about, the, you know, the guru may be in a, uh, have an inclination towards Sakya Bhav, mm, for example. Yeah. So somebody like that, when they're chanting this, how is, uh, how are they, um, you know, how is the way to, to think about? Mm. The, the mm. Okay. So first of all, first part is the connection between Gopal Mantra and, and Kama Gayatri because. Of course, each each of these mantras have their correspondence with a particular Gayatri. You have Guru Mantra, Guru Gayatri, Gaur Mantra, Gaur Gayatri, Krishna Mantra or Gopal Mantra, and Kam Gayatri. Mm -hmm. So, um, actually, I, I had the plan to write something, on, an article, not 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 a book in this case, <laughs> <laughs> an article on 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 Kam Gayatri particularly. So it's connected to some ideas I've been thinking some time back. So, to begin with, of course, Gopal Mantra, which is very, the most important Diksha Mantra for us Gaudias, it includes these three names, apart from the Beach Mantra that we will, won't mention, but <laughs> Krishna, Govinda, and Gopi Janabalava, uh, which, of course, in the mantras, we don't find this structure of Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan, as we find in the Gayatris. You follow my point? Gayatri means this structure of Abhidmahe, Dimahi, Prachodayat. In the mantras, not in the Gayatri, in the mantras, Guru Mantra, Gaur, there's not the, this division, these three words. Mm -hmm. So, in that sense, 
I will say there is no correspondence in the sense not like which is the Sambanda Videya and Prayojan of of Gopal Mantra. That's not to be found there. It's to be found in the in the Gayatri expression of that mantra, if you will, no? which is the Kam Gayatri. Now, now we will go there. So, um, of course, these three names at the same time do indicate the three names in the Gopal Mantra, Krishna, Govinda, and Gopijana Balava, they, they share like a broad, uh, how do you say, spectrum of possibilities, not just Madhurya Bab. And again, that will speak how the Kam Gayatri also lends itself to be interpreted, if you will, or meditated upon in different uh, directions according to one's affinity basically mm. so Krishna, Govinda and Gopi Janavalava will be another way of saying uh, of course sometimes Gaudiya Acharyas will say Krishna, Govinda and Gopi Janavalava is another way of saying Madhu Mohan, Govinda and Gopinath and that's another way of saying Sambanda Videya and Prayochan okay we can do that no problem no harm <laughs> There is some way of connecting Sambandha with the Emperor in the Gopal Mantra. Although generally, again, these three principles are not there. But someone may say, well, but they will play themselves out in the Kam Gayatri. So somehow there are to be there. Okay, if you want, there have Madhamohans. <laughs> but generally, Krishna, Govinda, and Gopi Janabalava are connected with, um, of course, there are three names of Krishna. The main, The first one is, I mean, it goes from more generic to more specific if you will no? like in the sense that Krishna means as we know all attractive or yeah basically uh, so it's a, a generic name it's not speaking necessarily about one rasa or another rasa although one could connect the name Krishna with every single rasa from a particular interpretation of the name then Govinda is more connected to I mean, even Krishna can be a name for Krishna outside of Vrindavan. But when you say Govinda, that starts to lean towards more specificity. Vrindavan, he is the Govinda, he who gives pleasure to Go, which to begin with may mean the cows. His Krishna is Gopal, Govinda, Gopal, Govinda, Ram. (laughs) So, Angopijana Balava, I mean, it's even more specific. There's no no way to to uh, speak speaking about uh, how he is the beloved of of the gopis, although as we will see, Gopi Jana, Balava. Balava means the lover, if you will. So generally, the term Balava is 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 ter- it's connected with romantic love. So generally, that will be connected with the gopis. He's the lover of the gopis, basically, but. Also, the term Balava may not necessarily be limited to romantic love, and the term Gopi Jana may not necessarily be limited to the Gopis. Mm-hmm. Gopi Jana may mean as, as the Gopi people. So, Gopi people is not only means the Gopis, the female, but the Gopas as well. So, Gopi Gopa, and of course, there you have the whole of Braj included because everyone is Braj is Gopi or Gopa. <laughs> there is no third option. All of them are gopis and gopas. No? So again, there is a, a possible way of understanding all these names in a very broad sense or in a more specific sense. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> sometimes some have 
connected the term Krishna with Dasya Bhav, Gubinda, mostly with uh, Sakya Bhav, which is more a name of Krishna in connection to the cows and the pasturing fields and all the stuff he does with the Gopas. And uh, Gopi Janabalaba with Madhurya Bhav, because overtly is more connected with with the gopis. Uh, and and, and the, especially the last two, of course, and Krishna may be applied to any other relationships as well. But the point is that we as Gaudias mostly emphasize two windows of opportunity in our Sampradaya that are available, which are Madhurya Bhav and Sakya Bhav, through Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu. These two experiences are available mostly now. So mostly Madhurya Bhav, we know that Gaudiya Sampradaya is uh, saturated with Manjari Bhav. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fact. There's <laughs> no need to deny that. But also there has been a very interesting uh, influence of, of Sakya Bhav. And our Guru Mahesh is, is writing about that, as we know. He's writing a whole book about the presence and influence and role of Sakya Bhav in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, his Sakya Mandala. So, again, the mantra, the Gopal Mantra, and now we will go eventually to the Kamgayati, the Gopal Mantra lends itself towards whatever affinity one may have. But of course, if you have Madhurya Rasa affinity, all the three names, you will see them in connection to Madhurya Rasa. There is place for that. If you have Sakya Ras affinity, all these three names will be seen in connection to Sakya because again, Krishna is the all attractive. The Sakas are attracted to him. Gobinda is the one who gives pleasure to the the cows and the senses. It's, there's no co conflict for for a Gopa to call him like that. And Gopi Janabalaba can mean again the lover of the of the Gopi people and the Gopas by in, by in extension. Or, as we will see, it's also connected to his love with the gopis and a particular type of Sakyabhav, which acknowledges that fact and serves Krishna in that connection, which is a Priyanarma Sakyabhav, which is the main type of Sakyabhav in our Sampadaya. But again, if you want, if you are in, steeped in Madhurya Bhav, you say Krishna, and Krishna means the one who attracts. So the gopis will think, okay, how how Krishna attracts Sri Radha, let's say, for example, or vice versa. How he is also not, so, not only the, the supreme attractor, attract, attractor, yeah. but the supreme attracted also. Mm. <laughs> or Govindaya. Govindaya means he who gives pleasure to the senses. So someone in Manjari Bhav will think how Krishna leaps to, only leaps to give pleasure to Radha's senses, or she leaps to give pleasure to his senses, which is the very definition of Madhurya Bhav. You, know, you offer your body for the sense enjoyment of Krishna in a transcendental way. Hmm? And of course, Gopi Janabalava clearly speaks about his love for the Gopis. He's the lover of the Gopis and Radha in particular. So again, every according to the subjective bhava of each devotee, all these names will represent something in particular. Hmm? So that on one side connection with, with Gopal Mantra. And going to the Kamgayati, which is again the natural Gayatri-like extension of the Gopal Mantra. Therefore, Gayatri Mantra has, Kam Gayatri, sorry, has to contain all these possibilities also. Even though it's mostly connected to Manjari Bhav, 
all the other options are there. So the Kama Gayatri, as you may know, to begin with, and to give the to go first to the general understanding of the Kama Gayatri, general in the sense of the most popular, let's say, in connection to Radha Dasyam or Madhurya Bhav, the Kama Gayatri is saying all the things that in the Brahma Gayatri are being said in an implicit way. The Brahma Gayatri, we know the Brahma Gayatri, everyone I think has heard that on Bhubhaswa and so on. And that this mantra is sung by everywhere, everyone, with different conceptions, for Surya Dev, for Brahman, and who knows? I mean, what not? <laughs> everyone is there. <laughs> and, and even as Gaudi, as this was not so much sung, but interestingly, and you have, may have heard, read that in the book, Tulasidhar Maharaj has written a very, very unique explanation of this Brahma Gayatri. Where, where he's like showing how this Brahma Gayatri ultimately speaking about Radha Dasyam. And we won't go into detail about that now, it's too much. But <laughs> he mentions how this word uh, Bhargo speaks about a particular light, and that light is actually speaking of the Swarup Shakti, and the Swarup Shakti personified this is Sirada. So the point is if Brahma Gayatri is saying something implicitly, and that something is ultimately about Srirada. Then Kam Gayatri, which is the explicit explanation of what's implicit in Brahma Gayatri, must also converge in this idea of Srirada. And of course it does. No? And there is place for, <laughs> for for understanding the Kama Gayatri in context of Madhurya Bhav. The, the, the Chaitanya Charitamrita says that when it says Vrindavani Aprakritanabhina Madhana. Uh, it speaks about Krishna as the fresh cupid of Vrindavan, Kama Beach, Kama Gayatri, Jahara Upasana. And the word, the way to to attain that romantic teenager Krishna in Vrindavan is steeped in Madhuri Bhav, is through Kama Beach and Kama Gayatri. So this is pointed in this Kama. The word Kama means even desire. No? And, and Kama generally is connected also with. Kamanuga Bhakti, and the love of the gopis, which is on the, on the, on the basis of romantic desire. Mm-hmm. So, of, of course, also in, in the Kam Gayatri, mm-hmm. Krishna is presented as Kam Dev, mm-hmm. as the god of desire, or sometimes translated as Cupid. And, and, and the idea of Cupid, of course, we will see there are many, it takes many forms, there are many Cupids. And we have the Cupid of, of this world sometimes, even depicted in other. Interestingly, other traditions also speak about Cupid like with arrows. It's not only in, in our tradition, in the West as well. But of course we have Krishna being the Cupid of Cupid, if you will. No? That's his name, Madan Mohan, no? the one who conquers Cupid. For example, his Rasa, the Rasa Lila, where Krishna and the gopis are ex- ex- exhibiting this highest degree of love. It's called by Sridhar Swami as Kambijai. So Kambijai means victory over, over Cupid. No? So Cupid generally conquers everyone in this world, but the interaction between Radha and Krishna and the Gopis is such that Cupid himself becomes like conquered. It is mentioned that Cupid tried to throw his arrows in, in the Rasa Lila because he thought, oh, well, this is a, the perfect moment for this. No? It's autumn night and full moon, perfect climate and beautiful girls, beautiful boy, 
this is my the spotlight is on me now no so he tried to <laughs> throw his arrows but when he pointed at them the interaction was of, of such a degree of purity and transcendence that cupid like collapsed no? mm. fell to the ground and, and fall in ecstasy by witnessing this other cupid no? so sometimes krishna is called again the cupid of cupid madame mohan but on top of that you too must know about this because those are your names. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Madan Mohan, but you have on top of that Madan Mohan Mohini. That's the name of Sri Radha. She's the Cupid of the Cupid of Cupid, basically. <laughs> so Cupid is the one who conquers everyone, and he's conquered, but that who conquers Cupid is conquered by she, if you will. So we can, the point is, speak in terms of many. Levels of cupidity. <laughs> no, so and that's that's a very interesting thing that we find in this Kam Gayatri, as we will see. No, we will see the the, the verse basically says, "Come Devaya Bidmahe, try to know Cupid. Try to know Kam Dev means basically the god of love, the god of desire. Try to know him. So we could say that's Krishna in, in a popular understanding Krishna in, in terms of romanticism." Mahi, he who carries this flower um, arrows, meditate on him. We'll see now. Ananga Prachodaya, and may he who is Ananga, we will explain that this cupid basically inspire us in this connection. So again, the popular understanding of Kamagayatri is uh, Madhurya Bhav. To say that the Kam Gayatri is representative of the fifth note of Krishna, the famous fifth note, and this fifth note is especially, uh, how to say, att especially attracts the gopis. It is say that each one of the notes of the Krishna's flute attracts particular devotees to engage in his service. And we won't enter now into the detail of every one of them, Sarigam, Padani, but this Pa or the fifth note is particularly connected with romantic interaction so the gopis always are mentioned in the shastra here in the fifth flute the fifth note sorry of the flute and this is kam gayatri so again we can make all this case for kam gayatri is all about madhurya bhav and of course if you have affinity for that it's okay that you feel like that it's no problem <laughs> the, the very big mantra of, of, of this kam gayatri the word klim also it's also considered non-different from Sri Sri Radha, Radha and Krishna also. No? So, and each one of the five letters of Klim, because there are five, although Klim seems four, but there is one dot, dot, you say. So it speaks about the five arrows of Cupid. You know, to say that Cupid have five arrows, each of one are connected to each one of the five senses to fully capture them, if you will. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's also connected to the five rasas. It's also described like this. So the point is, there we begin to see this nuance, opportunity, you know, because the very beach mantra of the Kamagayati has to do with five rasas. So five rasas means not only Madhurya rasa. <laughs> and a famous example that shows this is Brahma, Brahma himself. Brahma is, it is said to have received to have her receive Gopal Mantra, and it's also then to say that he received, if, if you study Brahma Samhita, I think it's you know, verse 26, 27 of this, the fifth chapter, that is the only chapter that is available. 
it is said that he received Kama Gayatri, hmm. Brahma, by, from Krishna. He heard Kama Gayatri by hearing the flute. Hmm. So the point is, he meditated on, on, on Brahma Gayatri for thousands of years on the implications of this Kama Gayatri. And what's the result of that? Brahma wanted to attain a relationship with Krishna in Sakya Bhav. That's mentioned in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? That he shook hands with Krishna as a friend. Thus, Vishwanath Chakrabarti comments there, Brahma wants Sakya Bhav. Srila Prabhupada in his commentary to that verse said, Brahma is steeped in Sakya Bhav. So we could say, okay, the fruit of his thousand-year meditation, the Kama Gayatri was, I want Sakya Bhav. So the point is, okay, there must be something else available there that only Madhurya Bhav. So again, with this I'm making the point, there is place for for all these possibilities. No? For example, the, the very word Kamadev also can be, in, the, in this line, understood in the broader context, like Kamadev. Kam means desire. Not necessarily Kam has to mean always romantic desire. Sometimes Kam, of course, is translated as lust, because sometimes lust is kind of synonym with desire. But again, lust doesn't necessarily mean romantic type of stuff. No? But Kama can mean desire, and Deva means God, but also we know that the word Deva comes from the Sanskrit uh, beach, the Datu, the, the root, Deep. So Deep means play. Guru Mahasaya would make this point, it's a very interesting point, that Deva means God, <laughs> yeah, but Deva means from the root Deva, which means to play. So there's an interesting connection into the idea of God and play. My Guru Mahesh will say, if God means generally this notion of omnipotent, omnipresent, all-powerful personality, and play, what's the connection between power and play? And he will say, well, it, it requires power to play. If you want just to play, you need power in the sense of you need money in the bank so you can play. <laughs> if you, you know, when you were a child, you were playing all day because the power of your parents was invested there. They were working hard so you could play. <laughs> but the more you grow and become an adult, I mean, you have to work. And if you want to play, if you want to have a vacation, if you will, you have to have some money invested in the bank. If not, you cannot play. So there is a correlation between power and play. And, and the conclusion is, therefore, if play requires power, that aspect of divinity which plays the most is the highest face of God. <laughs> and which is that God that only plays? Krishna. That was the conclusion of, of Sri Krishna Prem, this famous first Western convert, Gaudiya Vaishnava, uh, who, who went to India in, in the beginning of the 20th century. You know, he was a pilot in the army in mm -hmm. Europe. His name was what? Richard Nixon, I think? Or Ronald Nixon, I always forget. Who was the president of the States? Richard Nixon. So this is Ronald Nixon. <laughs> he was the other one. So he went, he, he, he was a pilot, and maybe you know the story, he was a pilot, and I think the, the German army or the British army, one of those two. And at one point he was in one of the world wars, and, the, and his plane was like in, like, hit and the plane was going down as, as the saying goes everyone is the atheist 
until um, uh, until the, the plane starts to go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was his case. So he started to pray in those few seconds he had left and pray, okay, if God exists, I never believed in God, but if God exists, he will save me. And if he saves me, I promise that I will spend the, all the rest of my life looking for him, desperately. So after saying that, he found himself alive in the hospital, saved, basically. <laughs> so he, for him was, okay, God replied to me, he exists. He renounced the pilot service, and he just said, I will look for God. That's the only thing I will look from now on. So he started to inquire with such a degree of, <laughs> of passion, if you will, that everyone was saying, I mean, you are inquiring too much. <laughs> this is too much. So he went, in, he went to different like priests and so on, Catholic priests and so on. And they say, your degree of inquiry is such that uh, you better go to India. <laughs> they sent him to India. We have heard that there in India, people really look for God in, with deep obsession and passion. So we are not doing that. Basically, they were saying, so go to India and look for God there. So he went to India thinking, okay, I will find God here. And of course, he arrived to India and he became much overwhelmed because yeah, I, I will find quickly who God is. And he found like an unending pantheon, yeah. a parade of gods, <laughs> like Sarasvati and Lakshmi and Durga and Kali and Krishna Narayan and Ganesh and Brahma. I was like, now what? <laughs> Where is God in between? So... But interestingly, he had this insight. His own sincerity took him to have this insight, which is he started to pay attention to each one of the members of the Pantheon, and he realized all, every one of them is doing something. Every one of them has some work to do. Mm-hmm. She was meditating, so he is meditating on someone else, for sure. <laughs> Brahma is creating. So this way he was going through every one of them and everyone has something to do till he reached Krishna. And he realized he's, he's, not, he's doing nothing. He's just playing the flute. He's just dancing. He's celebrating. So his intuition told him, this is God. Because this connection, he's only playing. That what God must be. Yeah. Nietzsche says something like this. I only believe in a God that is a dancer. For me, no other notion of God makes sense to me. He has to be a celebrator, if you will. He has to just be absorbing. That's, a, that's Krishna. <laughs> that's Kamadev. So Kamadev, going back to the <laughs> to the idea, Kama means desire, and Deva means, in connection to Deva, regarding, again, again Deva, God, Deva, play. So he who plays according to his own desires. So that's not speakly, speaking necessarily about Madhurya Bha. It means... He who is engaged in so many varieties of lila. <laughs> and of course, again, one particular reading of the verse, and, and now let me finish with this, now that we have established, okay, this Kam Gayatri speaks about multiple opportunities. Mohini's question was then more pointed to what to do, how to connect this Kam Gayatri to Sakyabab, for example. Because we already established the overt connection with Madhuryabab, and also we established that this Kam Gayatri can be pointed into every other rasa and direction, but how how does it fit with Sakyabhava? And, and we will say specifically the type of Sakyabhava that is available mostly in our Sampradaya, Priyanarma Sakyabhava, which is connected with 
Krishna's romantic side. <laughs> so it's important to understand this this Kamagayatriya in that light. And that will apply both for those Manjari Bhavu Pasakas and Priyanarmasaka Sakya Upasakas. Upasaka means like worshippers, those who aspire for that. So the the reading of Kamagayatri in the context of Madhurya Bhav is applicable to to the reading of those in Priyanarma Sakya. And, and that has to do with how Krishna is affected by Radha's love. Again, Madan Mohan is captured by Madan Mohan Mohini. Because you say cling, well, I was almost about to say the whole thing. <laughs> the first part says, Kamadevayabhidmahi. No, you have to know him as the god of love or as Cupid. Or, 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 He's a romantic, basically. He's, our God is a romantic. And Pushpavanaya Dhimahi, which again, in a general way, you can say Krishna is the Cupid of Cupids, and may he conquer, may he throw his arrows on me and help me conquer my five senses in his service. It's a generic interpretation, but specifically, it's, no, he's Kamadev, the God of desire, the God of romantic love. And Pushpavanaya Dhimahi means let me meditate not only on how he, Krishna, is throwing the five arrows, but how he himself is shot shot by the arrows of Cupid and he is affected on that, by the love of Radha in this case. No? So let me know that side of him, Krishna being affected by that. I have one verse I would like to share, if possible, in this connection. is one verse from Gita Govinda we need to resort to this type of sources at this point. <laughs> so, this verse says, de describe how the five arrows of Cupid's, the Cupid are hitting Krishna. Again, Krishna is the Cupid of Cupid, but he himself is Cupid, Cupid decides or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gita Govinda says like this, the southern, the southern breezes the fragrance of flowers, the buzzing of the bees, the singing of the cuckoos, and the dancing of the peacocks are like Cupid's five cruel arrows that pierce the tender prince of Raj and make him helpless. Again, we go to the helpless, desperate side. In a very agitated state, Krishna then prays to Cupid. I mean, he's Cupid, but at the same time he's praying to Cupid who is afflicting him so much. Oh Cupid, don't hold that mango vat arrow in your hand and don't place it on your bow. You are easily capable of conquering the whole world. So how can you show your prowess by piercing a person who has already fainted? Like himself, Krishna. A hero like you will simply be criticized for that. And if you ask me, why did you faint? Then listen, I will tell you, Krishna says. Some do-eyed girl... Out of, no, it is said that here, out of ecstasy, Krishna cannot pronounce Radha's name directly. So, do, do I? Do, 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 do. sorry. Some doe-eyed girl has already aimed her arrow-like glances at me from the bow of her eyebrows. Mm -hmm. So, of course, all this takes place in, in the romantic dynamics of the Leela and Krishna being hit by, by Sri Radha's uh, arrow and fainted because of that. Today, my in, in my Facebook account, Facebook shows how do you say like memories, or reminders mm -hmm. of something you published before. 
So there was one birth from the from the Padyavali of Rupa Goswami, originally written by one Upam Umapati Dhara, and speaks about this same thing. Mm-hmm. I'll read it for you again also, with <laughs> yeah. your permission. So it says, now here it speaks about Krishna in Dwarka, but being hit by the arrows of Braj at the distance, if you will. In his palace at Dwarka, and on the sparkling jeweled shores of the ocean, Sri Krishna's body trembled with ecstasy at the tight embrace of none other than Rukmini. Still, his mind remembered that fragrance of love that he had experienced in the company of Radha, in the reeds on the banks of the waters of the dark Jamuna, and thus he fainted. May that fainting protect you always. <laughs> That's a very beautiful poetry. You know? like, May Krishna's fainting bless you and protect you forever. <laughs> so these are some examples which show how Krishna actually faints hmm? because of the love of Sri Radha. Sometimes this in, in, in aesthetic terms, in the Rasa Shastra, this is described in terms of the Nayaka, the Naika, another name that you have to be familiar with here in your family dynamics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nayaka means hero and Naika means heroine. Heroine? Heroine. Heroine. So sometimes in terms of, 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 of these dramatic descriptions, a hero may be like fighting. Now let's go for a minute to more, some type of Bita Rasa stage, like fighting. So a hero is fighting, like in Ramayana you find, you find that. No? regarding Lakshman. He's fighting and at some point he becomes like, uh, well, in this case it's different, but a, a hero may be fighting and because of exhaust, exhaustion, you say, he may like, how do you say, like when you faint, yeah, he may faint. Not because of weakness, but because of exhaust, exhaustion. So something is required to bring him back to life. That's called Sanjeevani. Sanjeevani is, in Ayurvedic terms, is like, herbs that bring you back to life, give you jivan again. No? So similarly, to say when Krishna as a Nayaka, Dira Lalita, Nayaka, like this type of romantic hero, according to the descriptions of Rupa Goswami, there are different types of heroes, and Krishna fits all of the different types. <laughs> Krishna is a romantic hero, sometimes he's fainting. Like we say, so here, in Vipralamba, in separation from Sridhada, or or or... or, or or not only in separation, but in union with her, and due to the ex- exhaustion, as sometimes it describes, of, of the battle of Cupid. Hmm? So, somehow the darshan of Shirada or something in connection to her, brings him back to life, acting as Sanjeevani. Hmm? So this is the meaning of of, of Kama Gayatri in, in the romantic side. No? Kamadivaya Vidmahe, no, you have to know Krishna, as that type of person, being affected by calm, being affected by desire in connection with Sri Radha and the Gopis, Pushpavanaya Dimahi, try to meditate and serve him. It will say, in this case, it will mean try to serve him when he is being affected by the five arrows of Cupid and he has fainted. And that's why the last part of the verse is Tano Ananga Prachodayat. What does it mean, Ananga? Ananga is a name for Cupid. Which generally is connected to an old Puranic story that Shiva was meditating, and Cupid wanted again to disturb his meditation by throwing some arrows. It didn't work. <laughs> no, Shiva just saw him and with his glance, make reduced no, yeah. reduced Cupid to ashes. 
But again, as my good rival say, now the problem was greater because now Cupid is still alive, but now it's invisible. <laughs> so it became the whole situation is more problematic. So that's one idea of ananga. Now, ananga means without anga. Anga means without bodily limbs. So that's in connection to Cupid in this moment becoming invisible. But also ananga in this case applied to Krishna being affected by Radha's love means he is so much affected by that love that he faints. And faints means he loses awareness of his bodily limbs, of his conscious, of his body basically. So he becomes ananga. So ananga is the name of Krishna when he has fainted because of the impact of, of, of Radha's love and he needs to be brought back to life basically. So it is described also in, in the Rasa Shastra, for example, there are many songs, very deep confidential songs that Sri Radha knows, and, and she teaches, for example, uh, her manjaris, and, 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 and this on some level also happens with the Priyanarma Sakas, as we will see. Mostly this is described with the manjaris, for example, Sri Radha is teaching different songs to the manjaris, handmaidens, and it is said that almost nobody knows these songs, and these songs are to meant are meant to be sung by Tulsi Manjari, Rupa Manjari, all these Manjaris when Shamsundar has fainted and is falling on the ground totally unconscious and he needs to be brought back alive. So he will only be brought back back to life by hearing some particular kirtan and songs that the Manjaris will sing about singing the qualities of Sri Radha and that will act as Sanjeevani, no? like like yeah. Yeah, this type of herb that he brings him back to life. So, so the point is, this is the interpretation of the Kam Gayatri in connection to Madhurya Baba, to Manchuri Baba, and this naturally extends to Priyanarma Sakya Baba. Because the Priyanarma Sakas are the friends of Krishna who are well acquainted with his romantic life and who sometimes also experience this situation when Krishna is, especially someone like Subal, for example. Who is the most Krishna's most intimate Priyanarma Sakan? It is described very nicely. I don't go, it's too, too long to go there. It's too nice also to not go there. <laughs> but in the in the in the Purvarag, in, in the in the Lila on earth, how the Lila unfolds on earth, you know, that it has some again chronological unfolding. Krishna is born, Krishna is like crawling, growing and at one point officially falling in love with Radha, although they are eternally in love, but in the context of the earthly Lila that unfolds in the, in the, in the different chapters of the dramatic scene. No? So there is this moment when Krishna starts to, to behave in a weird way. You know? <laughs> when you start to fall in love with someone, it's like, what's going on with you now? Why are you like this? You seem like distracted and looking here. There. You are not like this before. I mean, we we're always playing, and now we are playing, immersed in play, but you seem to be somewhere else and all this thing. <laughs> so, of course, Subal is the first one to detect that, and at one point he finds Krishna. Uh, I have to read that for you. You have some minutes? Yes. Okay, because there is some very nice narration, but I need to. Let me see. Okay. Oh. It has to do with one famous verse that Srila Rupa Goswami mentions in uh, in his Utkali Kabalari when he's praying to Subal for 
for blessings, he sings Valla Valla Varya Kumariyor Dayitan Arma Sakastram Sibraje Ititayo Purato Biduram Janam Kalamamam Kripayadhani Vedaya. So then Rupa Goswami saying, O Subal, in Braj, you are the dear friend of Sri of Nanda Srinanda's son and Brishabhanuraj's daughter. Please place the case of my destitute person before your two friends for their kind consideration. So Rupa Goswami is praying to Subal, please contact me so I can serve Radha and Krishna. So it's interesting because Rupa Goswami is in, in Manjari Bhav, but he's addressing a Priyanarma Saka. So please intercede, you say, intervene, like act as a mediator and connect me with that higher reality. So there is place for, as we see, for the Sakya Bhav group to help in, in, in this connection. So, okay, where it is? <laughs> mm, oh, here. Mm, okay. So I will read some brief explanation of how this Purvarag takes place and how the role of Subal is, is present there. Mm. Uh, okay, so... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it says like this. Um, in the condition of Purvarag, Purvarag means again like the separation that you experience from the beloved before officially meeting the beloved, by hearing about him, by seeing that him or her. Falling in love, no? but with, 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 while not officially acknowledging the attraction for each other. So, in the condition of Purvarag, Krishna did not feel good when he was attracted to Sri Radha's sweetness and beauty. His mind, that was eager to meet her, constantly remembered this Priyaji, his beloved. The love of his friends, the affection of his mother and father, he had no taste for this, for any of this anymore. A way of putting that, of course. No? <laughs> Although he had come to the forest to tend his cows, he went far away, alone, on the pretext of admiring the beauty of the forest, leaving the responsibility over the cows to his friends. The lonely forest was filled with kadamba trees, and nightingales were singing in the different trees. The forest was maddened with the fragrance of the fresh flowers. Sham stood there, a little with his flute in his hand, but he did not enjoy all this beauty at all. Again he walks on, entering in solitary Madhavi grove, where he sat down on a jeweled platform at the base of a tamal tree, having only one thought on his mind. Which is the thought? What a wonderful girl I have seen. Her face is like a rising spotless moon resting on a golden vine. His lotus face became great as he thought of the beautiful girl he saw lately, and his eyes became indifferent. Meanwhile, Priyanarma Saka Subal came there, and seeing Govinda's sad face, he felt pain in his heart. He, had, he sat down next to his friend and asked him, with a voice anointed with love and affection, Friend, why do I see your face so morose today? Why have you left us and the cows to sit here all alone? Shyam replied, Brother, there's nothing wrong. 
Subal said, Oh, friend, don't try to hide anything from me. I can see deep within your heart. Tell me openly what happened. Hearing Subal's words, Gubinda slowly moved his hand over his chest. Then, one or two teardrops fell over Subal's hand, making Subal even more upset. Hey, friend, what is this? You are crying? When I see you like this, my heart breaks into a hundred pieces. Tell me what's going on, and I will give my life, if necessary, to relieve you from your distress. Govinda replied, Friend, I have nothing to hide from you. Listen, I will tell you a secret. Every day, when I come to the forest, one beautiful girl crosses the path of my eyes. Every time I pretend not to see her, Every time I pretend not to see her, and I go on my way again. This has been going on for some time. I just rumble in the forest, tending my cows and playing my flute, trying to forget her and think of something else. Since a few days, though, I understand that I'm wasting my time trying to forget her. This girl has entered into my heart, and I realize that now that I cannot live without her anymore. Surely... She must know some art of enchantment, so that she can enter my heart and madden me. Subal then asked, Friend, who is this girl? What does she look like? Where have you seen her? Tell me. Krishna said, I don't know who she is, and I cannot describe her to you. Whom, I can, whom can I compare her to? She can only be compared to herself. <laughs> but still, I can tell you something. She shines like a steady lightning striked on a high jeweled temple, and she wears a sari that shines like a cloud. That's why I couldn't see whether she was a goddess or a human being when I first saw her, because a human girl on this earth can never be so beautiful. In my entire life I have never seen such a girl, her playful gestures, her piercing glances, that necklace around her neck. Subal laughed and replied, Hey, friend, you don't have to worry anymore. I know who you, who you are speaking about. She shines like lightning. She wears a blue sari and a pearl necklace, and you see her standing on the turret of a palace. From these attributes, I can understand that you refer to Binodini Radha, the daughter of Maharaj Rishabhanu. When Shyam heard the name of Sri Radha, he became even more agitated. So Subal consoled him, by assuring him that he was going to arrange for him to meet her somehow or other. Meanwhile, well, now comes the part of <laughs> what Sri Radha experiences on the other side. Let's read this. It's brief. Meanwhile, Sri Radha, who had also fallen deeply in love with Sham, had given up eating and sleeping out of separation from him. In this way, she was sometimes a birahini, like a separated girl, a jogini, like a female mystic, or a pagalini, or a mad woman. She gave up eating and wearing colorful saris, becoming like a jogini. She stared at a, fr at a fresh cloud, practiced japa of Shyam's names, and cried streams of tears, flapping and jumping like a fish out of water, not knowing what is back and what is front. Now she will burn to death, and there is no way back either. The hope of attainment is far away, the darkness has no name, but the sky ahead is filled with dark clouds. The Sakis are very worried 
when they see Radha's condition, and finally, with Subal's mediation, they manage to accomplish the sweet meeting of Sri Sri Radha Madhava. Therefore, going back to the verse we were sharing previously by Rupa Goswami, Srila Rupa Goswami prays, O Subal, how wonderful is your role in the meeting of the divine couple. In this way, they are com the two of them are completely subdued by you. Therefore, please be kind upon this wretch and submit to their lotus feet how miserable I feel. There is only one misery in this world, and that is that Radha and Madhava are not here. The aspirant devotee should also feel some of this transcendental distress. <clears throat> only the devotional service of Radha and Madhava is blissful, and everything else is miserable. This realization is required, but this distress is just another kind of bliss, a relishable distress, that can only be understood by experienced devotees, not by others. Sri Rupa's heart is thus absorbed in the flavor of prayer. And there comes the, the prayer that Rupa Goswami mentions again to Subal. Oh Subal, I have heard that you are the dear most friend of the divine pair, the son of Braja's greatest cowherd, Sri Govinda, and the moon of Banu's dynasty, the tender Sri Radhika. Please submit at, your, at the lotus feet of this youthful couple how much I am suffering. In this Vrindavan I am very miserable. Please make me happy by giving me the audience of the divine pair. <laughs> so this way, no, we, we see how also the role of the Priyanarma Sakas are really <laughs> crucial and necessary in, in, in the dynamics of Krishna's romanticism and, and in this way we can connect this Kam Gayatri also with not only Manjari Bab but someone who aspired for Priyanarma Sakya be directed in, in that connection. So, some ideas I hope that helps on some level or another, and I think we can stop here. We have already spoken quite a few, so if there are any other questions, we may continue <coughs> these days. So, Shala Gurudev ki jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai, Sri Nitai Chantri Sachinandan Gorhari ki jai. Shri Radha Gopal Govinda Ramji ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Praman ki jai.